Oh, brother, 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 how you making it down? Professor CGA, I got pimp in my crown. What are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me? The announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. <laughs> Yo, what in the hell did they get me, bro? They got me. They try to snipe me down. Oh, I see what's going on here. I'm running some interference. Oh, man, what is going on? The announcement has been paid for by the new world order um i see i got interference going on right here uh my audio stream bit rate is low all of a sudden i've had no problems over the last couple of weeks and uh now all of a sudden my internet bit rate they got me right wow anyway isn't that interesting timely very very timely in this situation so uh today's show we're gonna somebody said oh sergey oh i did talk about sergey Brin yesterday um wow they froze me out so uh yeah man you know we're touching on subject matter trying to help men can you guys see the show i see um my my stream equality was absolutely excellent at the beginning of this earlier show but i don't know if you guys are joining me now my stream got cut. Um, so my streaming, I actually was frozen for about 10 minutes and could not get all frozen. My streaming quality was exceptional. It was exceptional. And then all of a sudden, um, it's blurry. Yeah, all of a sudden, and I'm getting here, the audio stream bit rate recommend, is lower than recommend, recommended. Haven't had this problem one time. And uh, here we go. We're off to the races. We're off and running right now. So uh, interesting. We were touching on the subject matter of Kendrick Lamar. We played a little bit of the audio, 30 seconds, and it was a fair use. I I didn't invoke my fair use privileges. And um, I played 30 seconds audio. I got a notification that I was playing copyrighted material. The audio went off. It wasn't that big girl. Then we played the big girl. (laughs) Uh, then we played the big girl a, a little bit, and all of a sudden, everything went haywire. Everything went haywire. So this is the world that we live in right now. We weren't making fun. The woman, the woman actually put the video out herself. Um, so sometimes you just don't know what happened here. What happened? What what are they what are they mad at out here? So anyway, we're gonna get back to today's show. We're gonna get back to today's show. Hold on for a second. I'm getting the message here. Uh, that I got to check out. Hold on. Yes. But it's bad. So anyway, um, I had to get a message here, relay a message. Uh, my son is all also here and he is using the internet as well. So I'm thinking maybe that might have to do, have something to do with it. This is the first morning that he's been here. And I think he might've hopped on Xbox or uh, something like that. So which would have slowed everything down. But anyway, I got excellent connection now. It says I have excellent connection now. So we don't know what happened. Anyway, my show got interfered and we had what? 1,300, maybe 1,400 people in here. And then I go frozen for five minutes and everybody's cadavers. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, man. So um, the, the internet that we have now, which kind of sucks, is all fiber optics. They have no uh they have no connection. So it's kind of like, oh my God. So when you're dealing with all fiber optics, they think they're all sly. Oh, everything will be Wi-Fi. You don't know need for cables anymore. Oh boy. So I'm like, as a professional, that's a disaster. 
All right, you depend on the cable hookup. But, you know, these new places, oh, the, the, the speed will be fantastic. Well, that's a problem, all right, when you're a streamer. Oh, yeah, you can stream whatever, <laughs> okay? You're like, no, I need, I need it hooked up. So, anyway, let's get back to today's show, all right? We're going to go to another subject matter, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll touch on uh, Kendrick Lamar. God dang, brothers, we'll touch on Kendrick Lamar. Let's play this video. Well, this one has copyrighted information, too, on it. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. Let's see if I can pull this video up. Let's see. I might have to. Okay, I might have to turn the volume down. So let's talk about this video, if you will. So there's a video of a guy. Let's see right here. Let's see if I can pull up a tab. Wait. Uh oh, I don't have a tab for this one. So um, check this out. So there's a guy here that is on, uh, it looks like he's on a party boat somewhere partying, and he doesn't want this woman twerking on him. Let's go ahead and show the video right here. You can see the woman uh, is twerking aggressively on him, and he ain't having it. He's like, get up off. Look, so this is what we've been talking about in the modern generation of sexual harassment, hashtag believe all women, and whatnot. And so he ain't simping the day. He's like, no, Sean, I'm on the dark side. <laughs> And he probably told her, do not twerk on me. Just as a woman would say, do not touch me. Do not grope me. Do not grab me. Do not rub your hand upon my, my butt. Do not get a cheap squeeze. None of these things. See, if a guy was doing any of these things and he walked up to her and he basically was like, I'm going to twerk on you. I'm going to grind on you. He would immediately be considered a harasser, sexual harassment, sexual assault, sexual uh, battery. But many times some young women believe hey you're a guy remember i told you a lot of women will just come up and take liberties with you um and you're supposed to like it and when you don't like it when you don't like it there's something wrong with you well this dude ain't simping today <laughs> this dude is not simping and he is not having it you're not going to walk up to me and sexually assault me you're not going to do it and so the people in the crowd are like wow and obviously she's probably drunk and let me tell you something. She got wet over this ninja right here. All right. She got wet over him. So these are the type of dudes. This is Tyrone on steroids here. So here it is right here. Um, He's like, man, would you get off of me? He got his cigar. He's like, and this woman probably was like, I met the man of my dreams. She probably came up and wanted more of this type of treatment. She wanted more of this type of treatment. He's like, I ain't going, man, I ain't simping today. I am not, ma'am. I told you. And, of course, the people around him are like, what? As you can see here, what? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? He was like, I am not simping today. No. <laughs> he yeeted her. He was like, get out of my, uh-uh. Nope. No. And so this is, this is where you're reclaiming back your masculinity. Look, we ain't simping out here. People's like, well, that's assault. She get, what was she doing to him previously? She was assaulting him in a way that if a guy was assaulting, uh, walked up to a woman and did the exact same thing. I've been calling this sexual assault from the beginning. All right. Um, but people think that you they could just come up and do this to you and you're supposed to just accept it. This goes along to the thing that I was telling you. Um, at some point in the next 10 years, women will just come up and do this to you. They'll come up and grope and grab you and you're supposed to do it. This goes along with also sexual harassment in the office place. Okay. In the office place, what tends to happen is um, women tend to be able to say whatever they want. 
the most nastiest, disgusting things. And they laugh and you're supposed to just accept it. You can't walk down to the human resource department. You can't do it. All right. And complain about it. Oh, just, you know, this girl's just having fun. Just relax. But if you do it, believe all women. Oh, my God, I lost my job. See, this is the stuff we're talking about here. So I'm glad to see that this guy finally was like, look, ma'am, you are out of here. We don't he doesn't need her. He doesn't need her. He just wants to have fun by himself. He's like, get up out of here, bro. Get out of here. Just because you got a little bit of jelly don't mean you can twerk it on me. <laughs> All right? Like, would you get your ass out of there? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, somebody said he was the captain. Oh, that's Rilo Rodriguez. All right, somebody says, hold on for a second. Let me look it up real quick. He says, Rilo Rodriguez. See, I don't know who that, oh, it's a rapper. Rilo Rodriguez. Let me see if I can pull him up if it looks like him. Um, I guess, I don't know. The, the picture that he has is uh, sunglasses on. I really can't tell. Uh, in the photos that I have, he doesn't have sunglasses or a cigar. I mean, I really can't tell. So if you guys say it's Rilo Rodriguez. All right. Thank you, brother. He's a rapper. All right. So shout out to Rilo Rodriguez. This is him here. If this is uh indeed, let me see if I can. Where's my where's my share clips here? Where is my share clip file? All right, I'm gonna scoot it up there and then we'll go ahead and share Rilo Rodriguez. All right, you get a win today. All right, so Kendrick Lamar takes an L. Kendrick took Kendrick Lamar took a fat L today, but Rilo Rodriguez for the hip hop took a W. All right, shout out to him. Uh, this appears to be the guy that everyone's saying who he was. All right, and so uh, yeah, man, shout out to him. He does. He is doing the money stack. So shout out. To him. He's like, I'm not having it. All right, uh, next episode here. We're gonna do Kendrick later, just in case they uh gonna come back and try to give me the snipe. Um, marriage is grand, divorce is 100 grand. All right, it's almost always about the money. Let me give you a um synopsis of what we're going to talk about today. There is a woman here. Let's go ahead and pop her up. Her name is Marie Bossarge. Marie Bossarge, as you can see right here. Um, we're going to talk about the marriage will in this one. This appears to be her. She appears to be somewhere in her 60s. Somewhat preserved, but obviously she's had some work done. And it looks like this is going to be her husband right here. And so this is her husband. We're going to talk about him. They're billionaires and they're going through a billionaire divorce. His name is Ed, Texas Ed or Texas Ed, I believe they would go by. And so as you can see, she's living the fabulous life. She's living the fabulous life right here. She's making that money. She's probably a socialite. She probably has a foundation and all of these things. But Texas Ed ain't having it right here. He's not having it. And he kicked her to the curb, right? He kicked her to the curb. And he probably is at the junior college clapping up cheeks. To be fair, he probably was doing that all throughout the marriage. But that's neither here or there or here or there. And so um, let's go through what happened here. He's trying to pay her off and get rid of her, all right? He's trying to get rid of her in this particular divorce, but he's hiding the money. And so what's going to happen is when people get divorced, she says, well, just, you know, our love is not our love is not lo no longer like any other love. 
So now what we're going to do is we're going to cut ties, but you're going to give me what I rightfully deserve. And when you get married at a young age, you don't know what you have. You don't know what type of money you have. You don't know how rich you're going to become. This is why you would need a prenup if you're going to get married, even if you're broke. Even if you're broke, you're broke, you still need a prenup. You're broke, you still need to um, protect your future finances. Remember, when you're young, you don't know what 50% is. You don't know, you're going to lose half your stuff. Well, you're 26, you don't have half of anything. So you're like, well, she's marrying me now, we're broke. It doesn't matter. And you'll probably say something simplish like, and if I made money in the future, she deserves half of it anyway. You might say something like that until the divorce happens and it gets nasty and she starts investigating and she starts saying things like, I'm going to take what I rightfully deserve or I'm going to take every penny or I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to, she, she starts talking like that. Then when you're 40, 50, 60 and you have money, now you realize what half you're going to lose. You're like, you realize what that means. Oh, wow. It's actually tangible. See, when you were 26, 28, 32, it wasn't tangible. But now when you know exactly what you're going to lose, you start fighting. And then you start hiding money. And then she says, I'm going to hire a forensic accountant. And what she wants to do is she wants to break you. Does she need the money? Probably not. This woman's well in her 60s. She don't need the money. All right. Uh, enough would be enough. And let me just be honest and fair. What she contributed to the relationship, she probably didn't, didn't consider uh, contribute half of anything to the business of the making the money. Yes, she probably played a role and raised kids and all of these things, which are very important, especially you guys are telling women to stay at home and not focus on their career. So I could focus on my career. But with that being said, if she did that job and he only made 100,000. He would be entitled, she would be entitled to 50,000. But he ended up making billions and she thinks, well, I'm entitled to billions. Nope. No, you would be entitled to $50,000 worth of work, right? If I made 100,000, you didn't contribute to be making billions of dollars. I trust me, you did not. I know you want to say you did, but I'm going to guarantee you, you didn't. <laughs> All right, so here it is right here. Um, let's get into the breakdown of this situation right here. When divorce becomes a game of hide and seek, it says right here, some HNW divorces, divorce battles can develop into a game of hide and seek of sizable assets as sizable assets go missing. Over the course of a marriage that lasted more than three decades, Texans Ed and Maria Basarge amassed a treasure trove of assets that included a 12-home property portfolio, including a private islands in the Bahamas. We already know what he was doing in the Bahamas then. He was doing that. Um, He was doing that. What's that one, brother? I cannot even, I cannot remember his name to save me, but he was the guy, the jeans, the designer that went down to the Bahamas, and he was getting up all them young Baham Bohemian girls. I think I have a photo of this. I think I had a, yeah, he was doing the Lolita Express. So um, let me see if I can find a picture of uh, that dude. Uh, not Epstein, no, Nygar. Yeah, Pete Nygar, Peter Nygar. So Peter Nygar was down there with them young Bohemian, Bahamian girls. I believe it would be Bahamian girls. And uh, down in the Bahamas, and he was popping them off 
real quick and uh he got in trouble for that he got in trouble for a lot more oh i'm gonna pull it up let me see here let's see i'm gonna share the screen so so if you have a private islands in the bahamas you're probably doing something nefarious <laughs> right there it is right there so there's peter nygar fashion tycoon peter nygar's two sons accusing his two sons accusing him of paying his SEX working girlfriends to grow. Oh, when they were 14 and fit. So there you go right there. There's a little bit of evidence right here. Goodness. Uh, that's not a pretty sight right there when they were young, young. And it probably, you know, uh, I don't know what the age of consent is down there, but I am think he was playing the line. He was playing the line, man. So uh, this guy here is he had a private island in the Bahamas. So they have a 12-home property portfolio. They have an island in the Bahamas and a $5 million Egyptian mummy and a 180-foot super yacht. Wow, a yacht. So these people are loaded. And it says, then Ed filed for divorce in 2015, or sorry, 2017. And of course, things turned ugly. The pair did not have a prenup and had married in Texas, which is a community property state where everything earned during the marriage including profits from his business quants lab would be considered as jointly owned so uh what ed's trying to do is say hey this was my business but in texas everything's community property under your marriage this is why we tell you the importance of marriage because when it breaks down it becomes about the money according to forbes ed's net worth is at least one billion but according to his lawyers, the couple's community property assets total a mere $25 million. So what Ed's trying to say is, I ain't worth a billion dollars. Okay, that's Forbes telling you that. But my lawyers are saying, I only have $25 million worth of community property. But Sarge was able to make some claims thanks to the deployment of several trust structures. All right, this is where the guys say, just put your money in trust. Okay, all of the little sneaky tactics that you try to do when all you need to do is avoid marriage and be down at the junior college. All right. Everything from company stock to a one point nine million dollar necklace was owned by trusts held in states such as South Dakota. He was smartening up, which allowed assets to be moved and protected without notifying beneficiaries, even if they might be excluded from the new trust in a lawsuit. So let's go back. I've been telling you, even if you have a trust, even if you have a prenup, she can still sue you and challenge the structure of the prenup or the trust. This is the this is the part the lawyers don't tell you about. This is the part that I've been warning you about. So even though you're trying to protect these assets, she can challenge it. And now you need to pay attorneys off to keep make sure either you're hiding your assets or make sure that she doesn't get more than she deserves, which she's probably going to get it if she fights it. Because eventually you're going to throw in the towel. And it says here, in a lawsuit, Maria alleges that the structures were used to hide income and property and or to hold what would otherwise have become personal income and assets. When they were approached by CNBC over the allegations, Ed's, for attorney, wait, attorneys for Ed's declined to com comment, citing confidentiality rules. However, in court papers obtained by the outlet, his attorneys 
have claimed that the assets are owned and controlled by the trust, not him, and therefore are not marital property. Wow. The case has since been on hold, but it provides a clear example of how complex structuring has become a significant part of many high-value divorce proceedings. High-value is the word that they use right there. And so um, here you go right here. So he didn't sign the prenup, but he held this stuff in trust. Tax optimization, not divorce, tends to be the main motivation for asset structuring in the first instance, says Dr. Stephen, uh, I believe it's Bentz, uh, CEO of law firm Vandags, Vardags. As tax rules have become more and more sophisticated, so tax planning has become more and more sophisticated. And the pace of this cat and mouse game has undoubtedly increased in years. What this guy's saying is essentially he wasn't hiding money from the wife so she couldn't get it. He was moving money around so that he didn't get taxed on the income the way you ham and eggers get taxed, right? Mm. And so this is what he was doing. He's playing the cat and mouse game against the IRS. Now, let me just make this point clear. Because he's going through a divorce and because years he's been playing this cat and mouse game with the IRS, what's going to happen is she's going to have notified the IRS of his tactics and she might not get the money, but he might have tax problems with the IRS. Okay. So eventually this does happen in divorce when you do. Uh, become very um, you start making claims like you know you make you really make four hundred thousand dollars but you only uh claiming you make forty thousand dollars well you do that for several years and then you go through a divorce your attorney the your ex-wife attorney will notify the irs right and they'll be like he's hiding money and then it'll become a game of not just a divorce it'll become a game of you and the irs right mm. Guys, that happens all the time. That happens all the time where they notify the IRS. I'm going to get to the super chats here after this story. So sorry, man. I got thrown off just a little bit. It says, but these mechanisms can often be used later to fend off a spouse, especially in a certain offshore jurisdiction where one can establish a company without the requirements to prepare accounts or be named in the public record of ownership. Um, some jurisdictions such as Panama even use bearer shares, which allows the owner to hold a physical share certificate, meaning nobody else knows who owns the company. Okay, so we'll go all the way down here. We'll go all the way down in their situation here. So essentially what's going to happen here is she's greedy. She wants to hurt his pockets. She doesn't want to take, let's say, uh, half of $25 million. She wants to take her billions. And she's going to throw a hissy fit like this. Uh, let's scroll down. And let me just give you another example of this one. So we're talking about this woman. This also happened to another Texas man named Harold Ham. And so Harold Ham's ex-wife rejected a $975 million settlement check. Her name is Sue Ann Arnell, and she's seeking compensation of several billions of dollars. And as you can see here, this is in the Wall Street Journal. He wrote the check out to her. Now, I didn't know you can write a check out this big, <laughs> okay? <laughs> he said, listen, I'll give you just under a billion dollars, 974 million. 
$790,370.77, by the way. And she says, hell no. Nope. She was like, nope. I want, I want $1.5 billion. That's what she wanted. And she said, I think they were in Oklahoma. And let me see if I can do this because this, the Wall Street Journal doesn't allow you to read the entire article. So I'll read it from another article right here. Oh, man, the writing on this one is, oh, God. As you can see here, hold on for a second. I'll share I'll share it. You'll see the, the way the writing is on this article. God dang. It says, this woman just rejected a near $1 billion divorce settlement. Divorce, uh, divorce is a can-be messy process. What? Divorce is a can-be a messy process? Wow. It's something that more and more people go through every year. But that doesn't make it easier. The process can make people do and say, Petty, pretty nasty things. However, nobody uh, would do something as crazy as what Sue Ann Arnell, the former wife of oil billionaire Harold Hamm, just did this week. The New York Post reported that Arnell allegedly rejected a divorce payment of $975 million from her ex-husband. Instead, she plans to appeal for an even better, bigger settlement. She's like, $975 ain't enough. She says this week, the New York Post reported that Arnell allegedly received a divorce payment, a check. We showed you the check. Instead, she plans to appear. Oh, boy, they keep repeating. It's, if that sounds unbelievable, just wait. Somehow the Post managed to get a copy of that check with Ham's personal information on it blanked out. That's insane. Look at these numbers. The check was nearly $1 billion, a settlement that Ham was ordered to pay. Arnell, he was ordered to pay this. He literally was ordered to pay it, and he paid it. He was ordered by the court in a court ruling to pay it from November. Both are now appealing the ruling, but for different reasons. Ham called the, re reason, the ruling uh, erroneous and inequitable. The official reason that Arnell and her lawyer gave for rejecting the huge payout was because, quote, they did not want to risk the dismissal of her appeal by accepting the benefits. So if she casts a check, then she can no longer appeal. This could get ugly and very costly for Ham. Here you go, gentlemen. Just get a prenup. Well, it uh, even if you have the prenup, doesn't mean she can't contest it and cost you millions of dollars contesting it. Or as some of you uh, knuckle-draggers, tens of thousands of dollars. This could get ugly, it says right here. Very costly for Ham. He's the CEO of the oil company Continental Resources not human resources, his fortune is estimated to be $13.5 billion, and he is the 35th richest man in America today. And so as you can see, if he's estimatedly worth $13.5 billion, well, in her mind, she should get $6 billion, right? All right, she should get $6 billion. So this is how greedy people get in divorces. This is how greedy... And by the way, just as a means to catch you up on the story, she eventually cast the check. All right, she eventually gave up the fight and took the, let me see if I can pull that article up right here. Uh, this is according to ABC News, pulling the article. Oh, I didn't add it. There it is right there. Harold Ham's wife cashes the $975 million check, dollar check after all. And um, it says right here, let me see if she actually could continue the appeal. Sources close to Arnell confirmed to ABC News that she deposited the check. And um, 
this it says right here it was a settlement um to settle the divorce proceedings for his second wife second wife the legal proceedings have spanned more than two years so add up how much this has cost this man for two years i guarantee you we're talking about probably three to five million dollars to fight this arnell arnell arnall an attorney who was married to ham oh so she was an attorney she was an attorney oh that makes sense yes indeed so now it makes sense so she was an attorney yeah same thing with dr dre's ex-wife boy do not marry attorneys <laughs> just letting you know guys do not marry attorneys so she's an attorney Let's see here. I mean, uh, listen, I was dating an attorney at one point. Arnall, an attorney who was married to Ham for more than 25 years and was a former executive at her husband's company, first rejected the check. And Ham's attorney told the media, okay, so she worked at the company. She was an executive. Oh, God, that's complicated. Ham, who was worth $8 billion, now he's only worth $8 billion, according to Forbes. And Arnell had both appealed that no uh, November decision. Um, judgment that awarded her $1 billion. So she lost in court. Lawyers for Arnell said the check compromised her appeal. She lost in court and she still couldn't take it. But Ham's attorney said Arnall may have had a change of heart. She changed her mind apparently and made arrangements to open an account and deposit it. Ham, Ham's attorney Craig Box told ABC News yesterday um, early afternoon, we received a call that she presented the check at a bank. Boy, you can present a check like that uh, in Oklahoma City. That, for lack of better words, could accommodate the account. There you go. She So they notified Morgan Stanley that the check uh, was withdrawn, and later we received confirmation of it. Okay. And it says, uh, Box said Arnall and her attorney would have to legally withdraw her appeal. So then she loses ultimately but she didn't lose that's what she was awarded and that's what she got she cast the check and so i'm assuming the guy just marched off with the rest of his four what what did he have eight billion dollars he marched off with the rest of his seven billion dollars and he's happy and i'm not happy all right let's get to these (laughs) um let's get to the contributions to today's show all right i'm sure they're down because i got kicked off the internet all right or I got kicked off of YouTube or fake book. I can't, I can't, I don't even remember what happened. I don't know what happened. Did they take the whole stream down? Is it even, even completely off on, on my page? Let me see something here. Yeah, it's not even on my page. Boy, they, <laughs> they was quick with it, huh? Is it on YouTube? Is it on YouTube? I'm sorry, Facebook. Let me see if it's on Facebook. Oh, no, you can play it on Facebook. It's on Facebook. But I, I can't see it on YouTube. Wow, boy, they did. They, they, I tell you, man, I tell you. I literally played 30 seconds of that clip. You know what I'll have to do is I'll have to play the audio. I'll have to play the audio of the clip. I can't play the, they, jeez. Let's get to the contributions. Oh, man, what a what a mess today. Shout out to Harold L. What did you have to say today, brother? Good to see you today in here. He says, Coach, what his ex-wife doing again? What is ex-wife doing again? Who, who's ex-wife? 
I can't remember. I don't know, man. Did I make a joke about that? Not even sure. Not even sure. Who is this? Billy the Kid says, Coach, they got you. They got you. Yes, they did. I actually have to even put up. (laughs) I'm wondering what they don't like. Sometimes when they get me or did I get myself, I don't know what they didn't like. Like, what did did y'all didn't like? What did y'all didn't like in here? Backslash Coach Greg Adams. Uh, Anyway. I can see it on my phone, but not my PC. But sometimes, you know, what happens is the live stream takes a while to re-upload. And they'll upload it. And after a while. Actually, you know what I need to do? Oh, it's going to mess with my internet. I was going to say, I need to download it. I'll have to speed up the audio. Yeah, what a what a weird, what a weird thing. But sometimes, see, the thing about being a YouTuber is that um, whatever you did, you really don't know what, what it was. They won't give you a thorough explanation. They won't point to something specific. They'll just be like, oh, this did this. And you're like, well, what? Good morning to the coach. The diets don't work for you the same. Let's do this. Shout out to SAU Engineeria. We back in the building. We back. All right, let me get to the cash apps. Thank you for the contributions. Dollar Sign CGA Live over there. What do we have here? Be Real Mahogany says, K dot Lamar equals thug passion. Give him the buzzer. Has he been, he hasn't really been like the thug, but he did, his first album was definitely a representation of Compton, you know, of that lifestyle. He never said he did any of these things, but it had that in there. I don't know. Is he a is he a claim banger? But then they then the second album sonically um got a lot of got a lot of looks. He got the Pulitzer Prize. Did you guys know that? He got the Pulitzer Prize for that album. And so at that particular point, you already know. And his performance at the Super Bowl, uh, now that we're talking about Kendrick Lamar again, uh just go ahead and plan. Going announcement. Has been paid for by the New World Order. I mean, he must be on the untouchable list. It was the BBC. The video contains copyrighted from. Oh, also oh, the BBC blocked me. Wow, the BBC got me, huh? Don't tell me I'm going down on the BBC. Pause. Wait, what? Hold up for a second. Let me check something real quick because that's interesting. Let me see if, uh, because I saw another person do the video. I'm going to see if their video got taken down. Let me see if their video got taken down. No, I do see their video is still up. Somehow he is able to do the, oh, he does have it. It says BBC right here. So um, he does have his video up. Somebody else that did a video on this, he has his video still up. And I think what's happening is they, um, I think what happened is they knew Kendrick was getting they knew Kendrick was getting a bite back on this one and they took it down. Wow. Just a damn just a damn shame. All right, who we got in here? Mr. McCargo in the building. Kayla Mack. Anyway, government name style. Nasty boys, that belly was looking scrumptious or scrump dillyumptious, she said. And guys, that 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 young woman talking about her belly like that, she knows ninjas be on her. 
she know they she know guys that you guys will be on her. She knows it. She guys guys wanting to come over and hit it. She knows you nasty dudes are doing crazy things with her uh, that you guys won't even want to mention. Watermelon style. Watermelon style. She already knows this, so that's why she has the guts, literally and physically, to go out there and do what she just did for the internet. How many people looked at that video? How many people like that video? Guys, you guys know you download brothers out here. Scrump Dillyumptious. It had 13,000 13, likes. I should. I didn't even look at the comment section. Mr. Shelby or Sheldon says losing friends because of RP knowledge. Yes, that will happen. That will happen. People will become uncomfortable with, with this type of conversation. All right. They will be uh, uncomfortable. But but as a guy, I always tell guys, your job isn't to be um, a missionary with this information, right? You share it with people that might be going through some stuff, but don't become missionary and passionate. You know, when a new person becomes a born-again Christian, they just come out here and they want to be, they want to testify and they want to, what did they call it? They want to witness. They want to go out there and tell everybody and be a missionary with it. The purpose is not to be a missionary. The purpose is to help people that are going through struggles with this information and you give them a little bit of, okay, this is what's happening. Okay. But when you get around your friends and you start uh, to see these things, they're not seeing it yet. So just be patient with those people that are around you. Don't be a missionary. What you do is uh, live by example. All right. I think the best way to do it is live by example. So you basically have a lifestyle. You live it. You don't come down on their lifestyle. You don't start calling them simps and blue pills and ham and eggers and knuckle draggers and simps. All right. You basically just say, hey, y'all live your lifestyle. I'll be over here. And what's going to happen is they're going to start figuring out a way. Wow, you're messing with these junior college girls. You're a perv. You're a nasty guy. What's wrong with you? Then they'll be jealous. Then they'll tell their girlfriends and wives. And then you'll be just happy. You'll be happy with the lifestyle you're living. You'll be like, you know, go and do your thing. But you know what's going to happen is you're not going to complain about your lifestyle. You're going to be traveling. You're going to be making more money. I got money. You'll have money in your pocket. You'll start. They'll start seeing you spending or they'll start seeing you doing things with your money, getting a little bit of extra investments. They'll be like, damn, well, how are you getting that all, all that all that extra money? Well, I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have that problem. I got 99 problems, but a chick ain't one. So you're living by you're living the example as opposed to testifying the example, as opposed to witnessing the example. And then. They'll sing you with younger girls from the junior college. What, what is that about? Damn, I wish I could get a little bit of that. And then they'll become complaining to you. They'll come complaining to you about their relationships. Dang, I hate when my girl does this. I hate when my girl does that. Dang, I wish I didn't have to go home today after work. They'll start complaining about their life. And then you're out there living your life. And they're going, shit. Some dudes will never cross over, right? But. But they will, they will see your life and they'll want to live it. But some dudes can't leave the validation of women. Here it is right here. Somebody says Kendrick is not, he's from the hood, but he's not gang affiliated. All right. I, that's what I thought. Most of his album covers do have the red, red around his album cover. So I was thinking sometimes a lot of Southern California rappers will affiliate slightly 
with the group of people that they grew up with. So I do see that. So live the life. Just be in, just be an example. As you guys notice, um, uh, via Instagram, like uh, Andrew Tate, his his profile has definitely gotten bigger and bigger. And I attribute it to he shows the lifestyle that many want to live. Same thing as a Dan Bilzerian. Dan Bilzerian, he's not telling you. He might have mentioned one or two times that he was a simp and he got used and abused by women. But what does Dan show? Dan doesn't show. Or he Dan doesn't talk to everybody about this. He shows a lifestyle that many men are like, mm, ooh, that's weak. That's I wouldn't do that. And then he keeps showing it and people keep watching. And they go, damn, how could I live that? Right? So this is what you have to understand on it. Uh, when you're talking to your friends, use your life as an example. Don't use your words. And if it takes two years for them to see it, over that time, they'll be like, how are you getting these cars, right? I did the same thing. Somebody said these guys are frauds. Well, I'm listen, that's up to you to determine, all right? But right now, they live in the life. All right, so um, what's going to happen is slowly but surely in a three, a two to three, maybe five-year period, they're going to look at you and go, now, how did you do that? And you said, well, I chose a life over a wife. You didn't. You chose a life. I'm sorry, you chose a wife. I chose a life. And eventually you'll separate. Right. The the gulf will be so big. The jealousy, because a lot of these guys will be jealous of your lifestyle. The jealousy will be super big. They'll start to the girl, their girlfriends will say, don't hang out with that guy. He's a douchebag. Right. <laughs> They'll start calling you a douchebag. They'll start calling you fraud. They'll start calling you names because they don't understand. And this is what happened to me. A lot of people that I was with in my purple and blue pill days they don't associate with me at all you know what they do they watch me they still follow me on instagram they still they don't comment they just watch and then they go in wow one year two year three year four years later five years later they like this ninja done took off <laughs> this dude literally is the free agent lifestyle and so they, but even when they are seeing you doing it, they still go back to simping because they're, they're comfortable simping. They're comfortable validating women. I have a friend of mine, friend of mine. Why, 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 why? <laughs> so I have a friend of mine that watched me do this. We both went to, through divorces at the same time. We've been around each other for 10 years, almost 10 years. Yeah, we've been around each other for 10 years. He went through a divorce and he went back to simping. And now he's with like some 47-year-old single mother. Moved her, moved her into his house. He's got custody, half custody of his kid. And uh, we used to go to Angels games. He would bring her along. And, uh, you know, every now and then he complained, but, you know, he get, he's getting temporary segs from her and temporary pleasure. Bruh. And he's still out here simping. He ain't happy. And he watching my life and he looking at me like, wow, wow, wow. He's still kind of struggling economically. He's not rich. He's been in and out of jobs. He's done. I, I, I love the guy, but I'm sad for him. 
I love the guy, but I'm sad for him because I'm like, boy, you just can't get out of your own way. You got to worship the divine feminine. They never learn. And you just got, you got to let your friends, you got to separate from your friends. Hey, all friends aren't meant to be in every segment of your life. Not all friends are meant to go from your 20s to 30s. Not all friends are meant to go from your 30s to 40s. Not all friends are meant to go from your 40s to 50s. Sometimes you outgrow your friends. Same thing with girlfriends and wives. Yeah, in our 20s, we were cool. But now in our 30s, we aren't, we aren't compatible. I grew up, you didn't. Or she grew up and you didn't. Or she's with uh, trying to get you guys to build. Or she's not. I leave people's ass all the way back there. Hey, we were cool. Hey, in our 20s, we were cool. But we can't kick it right now in my 40s. We can't kick it. We are not the same person. I've, I've experienced a different life than you. And I'm not simping. So don't be afraid to not take your friends with you from decade to decade. Uh, love the time that you experienced with them in the decade that you experienced it with the boy in the 90s. We ran the streets. Uh-huh. Yeah, boy, we were good. Peace out. Peace and chicken grease. I'm out. Good to see you again. Uh, let me get back to these things here. So shout out to Sheldon. I wanted to touch up on that. Uh, where are we at? Mr. Mayfield in the building. Mr. Mayfield out here. He says, good content about Eddie Curry and what not to do. Yes, man. But my show is to teach men what not to do. It's okay. But notice when these things get done to men, like Eddie Curry, what do people do? They be like, well, that just sucks for him. And he should do well. Sorry for him. But they don't care when you get hurt. Dijon Dixon says, shout out to the nasty boys in the Bush gang in the building. Uh-huh. Jacques Payne says, Coach, it's my birthday. No simp of the day. Happy birthday to the brothers out here. It's a my birthday, too. It's really not my birthday. All right, but shout out to the birthday brothers in the building. Summer birthdays. It's going to be 109 in Las Vegas today. I already walked my dog. All right, I already walked my dog 6 in the morning. All right, I was not having it. Shout out to sitting this one out. He says, why do pro blacks think their ex-exes are deities. I, I just don't understand this idea of, um, I think somebody, I always want to attribute it to Angry Man. Shout out to Angry Man Valdez. He talked about, and this was a long time ago, so sometimes I'll reflect back in reference. But he talked about, at one particular point in, in our civilization, it was mysterious how women can create babies, right? We were actually told women create babies. Now, scientifically, we know that not to be true because men are now, uh, the, 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 the men are now DNA wise. We, we, we do represent 50% of the child. But before there was science, before there was an understanding of what happened, people thought women mis uh, miraculously made a baby inside of them. This is before anybody knew what was going on especially ignorant civilizations like third world civilizations. By the time you got first world civilizations that figured it out in third world civilizations, they never matched the fact of sex creates the baby. Half the baby's the man, half the baby's the woman. They just thought this woman has a baby growing inside of her. She's a miracle. Right? So they thought, wow, these women just like, think about this, like 2000 years ago. 3,000, 4,000 people are just sitting around and all of a sudden her belly's growing and there's a human being on the inside. 
despite the fact that the people that want to say that there's not a human being on the inside. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's just a clump of cells. So this is the idea of years. We held women in high esteem and they were somewhat miraculously. Um, that's the same thing with the mother Mary, mother Mary and Joseph. Right. So she was seen to have done something miraculous. The immaculate conception. In our lifetime, women have been uplifted in doing something that we've taken less credit as a man for creating, and we've given it all to the woman. The woman has seemed to have been able to create life. That's a godlike thing. It's godlike for a lot of years. As a result, this is what people have done, especially when you take the pro-blacks, and I think it's a little bit of overcompensation of themselves by saying the black woman is God and all of these things, Allah. What is the guy, the street preacher that came out to L.A. and started dating white women, Brother Polite? He would play, say, the black woman is God. What he's doing is overcompensating for a situation where our beauty standards are European, but he's going to put it back to, well, we were gods where we came from. No, you weren't. You probably were peasants, and you probably were in a polygamous society. But that's neither here or there. And you probably weren't Christian. You probably were Muslim um, or anything like that. You probably were a part of a tribe, and you probably were at war with each other. So these people weren't God. But I think he's overcompensating. And a lot of times, pro-blacks tend to overcompensate because they have a secret lust for white women. <laughs> this is where I'd be going in on people. They have a secret lust for white women and all things not black. And so this overcompensation is seen of them mysteriously putting women on a pedestal and putting their uh, putting the black queen on a pedestal, no matter how she acts. They love them. All right. And so what happens is they love a little pink toes and they love them flat backs. They love that long stringy hair. They love that porcelain skin, but they are fighting it in the inside. They fighting it. They like, no, she's the queen. She's the God. She creates things. The black are better and sweeter the juice. And it's environmental. So and where they grow up, there's like, they cannot bring pink toes into their community. They cannot, like they want to do it, but they can't bring them in their community. They can't do it. Like you can't bring one into Newark. One one uh, one would not come into Newark. You can't bring one into Philadelphia. You can't bring one into East St. Louis. So they have this desire to have one. They just don't know how to get one. They don't know how to talk to one. <laughs> so they can't figure out how to achieve this lust. So then they overcompensate by saying this person is a deity, a queen. And, you know, it's ridiculous. I wouldn't go that far. Queen and a, a goddess. And I think it's utterly ridiculous. But I think it's more overcompensation and a denial of their lust. Because <laughs> why would you be worried about it so much? Why would you be worried about it? Why would every time you see a brother with some white girl, you're like, oh, my God, like Dr. Umar, he's always worried about it. What what is this coon or he'll call him whatever he calls him? Why are you worried about it? You got uh, that's more for you. It's more for you. Like if I leave some on the table for you, you can have all the queens you want. Why are you worried about me? <laughs> all right. Anyway, 
Shout out to Law Pockets. He says, do not mess with the IRS. The announcement has been paid for by the New World They could ruin your life like that. Or your year or whatever it is. They could crawl up all up in your cavities. I don't know what's worse, the dentist or the IRS. <laughs> all right, I hate the dentist. I do hate the dentist. And it's because, you know, I don't be doing, taking care of my stuff. And then I go to the dentist and they're like, you got this and you got that. What would you want, the dentist or the IRS? Root canal or the IRS? He says IRS is the worst. If they get on your bad side or if you get on their bad side, Rapsky. Because what happens is you go, they, they, they get you. I would never wish that on anyone. But what they do is they give you interest and penalty penalties on a daily basis. Like, you know, some interest and penalties accrue per month. They accrue. They accrue per day. Oh. I hate the dentist. Y'all taking the root canal. All right. Uh, Mr. Gemini Ryder, he says, funds so you can fight off the NWO. <laughs> Who knew the Kendrick Lamar video was the thing that was going to take me down? Wow. Kendrick Lamar crying. But we'll talk about it. We just got to figure out a way to finesse around it. Cheap drum hacks. He says, I thought they got him. The got him girl got you. Well, my goodness. And that's you. One of these days, y'all going to see me walk down the aisle and I'm going to have me a pretty young thing. Pretty young. Dang, she gonna be young and she gonna be standing up on stage looking like this. She was like, I'm the one that got coached. Look at this. Wow. Got him. And look at this young man. He don't realize what the hell he just did with his life. She looking over him. I wish I could pause this video. Look how she looking over him <laughs> with that cheat, with that biting of her lip. Look how she looking over. Him. <laughs> oh, no. Got him. Damn. Guys, it's the it's what you don't see. Wow, it's what you don't see. Like he has no idea that she's looking at him and thinking of him in this way. She's like, "God is dumbass." Uh huh. He signed it. She looking over him. He's signing it. Oh shit! And then got him. And she like, ha, 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 "You got this dumb mother sucker." Guys, that's how they be looking at you. Look. Wow. Wow. Got him, sucker. All right. <laughs> I got that. Look at her. <laughs> she just thinks she's clever. Wow. Shout out to Cheap Drum Hacks. By the way, I have drums. I've had drums for a couple of years. A client sent me, gave me a drum set. I'm going to be in there trying to play uh, drum riffs. Boom. Doom, doom. Doom. It's in my entertainment room out there. Maybe I'll get some lessons from cheap drum hats. Uh, Rhett Navy, shout out to you, free agent for life. That's what we're doing here, free agent lifestyle for life. Brian Horsley over on the Cash App. Thank you, sir, for appearing again. And um, Coach got in trouble again. The BBC got me paused. Let me make sure I got all the ca uh, the um, the PayPal's. I'll put it back in the link here, and then we'll talk about Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. Coffee CGA, looking forward to my first Money Mindset Sunday, life-changing information. Congratulations. If you guys know, when I talk about the Money Mindset um, streams, that was from Jorge. 
Um, it is on Patreon because I remember once I said I'm going to head over and a couple, couple people didn't know if it was on Locals. Money Mindset is Patreon only. And so it's on the patreon.com backslash Coach Rick Adams. And you go to the Money Mindset level, which is going to be $50 level. And you'll instantly get um, access to all of the past Money Mindsets. So you'll get the replay and you'll get all of the future live ones. So you're getting an extraordinary amount of information. And we do have Vlad P. That's a guest on that show. And we give up information on how to change your perspective on your finances, get yourself organized, time management, budget management, all right, starting a business. We talked about Bitcoin all throughout the last year and a half through the first crash, all the way into the second crash. We talked about it as an asset. We talked about home purchasing, being a YouTuber. If you wanted to start being a YouTuber, there's several streams about being a YouTuber. I think we're going to cover it again upcoming because a lot of people want to get into YouTube work. We're going to talk about that, monetization, demonetization, uh, what the risk factors are. So um, anyway, you get access to all of those over there. All right, let's talk about KDOT. Let's talk about KDOT. We can't play the video. My gosh. All right, but what happened was the BBC all on my neck. Wait a minute. This is sounding terrible now. But uh, apparently he was on stage with a crown on his head. Let's go ahead and show you what the crown looks like. Yeah, the BBC all on my neck. That sounds suspect as hell, coach. <laughs> all right, this is the this this is uh, Kendrick Lamar. As you know, he's gotten a little bit more. Did you see his Super Bowl performance? I don't know, man. Where is he gone? Kendrick, you know, he's in a different realm now. Congratulations to him. I'm not hating on the guy. But he was wearing a crown of thorns. I don't know if you guys know, but Chiefs himself, uh, the story of Chiefs is that they put a crown of thorns on his head. And um, uh, during the period of time where the story says that he was going to be crucified. And so he had to walk around with a crown of thorns. Now, this particular crown of thorns is made by Tiffany and company. Tiffany. It took 10 months to make, and I believe the crown thorns is worth a lot of money. All right, we'll get into this right here, and we're going to talk about what the crown of thorn represents. This, um, as you can see, this is in Vogue magazine, and I think for Pride Month, they have the rainbow flag here, um, just tying things together. The story behind Kendrick Lamar's crown of Tiffany and company thorns. Tiffany, this is just not a piece of wood here. These are Tiffany and companies here. It says it was the album's artwork that launched a thousand reddits. Kendrick Lamar wearing a diamond encrusted crown of thorns on the cover of his fifth album cover. Mr. Morrill and the Big Steppers a, a little over a month later, the Pulitzer Prize winning rapper made his debut at Glastonbury, which is that's what we showed you. And it got ripped down. All right. Wearing the same talking point headpiece to headline the pyramid stage and close out the festival on Sunday night. So this is what we just showed you, and they ripped it down. Vogue can exclusively reveal Kendrick's custom titanium and paved diamond crown is the collaboration between the rapper, his longtime creative collaborator, Dave Free, and the jewelry, uh, the jewelry Tiffany & Company, which has been crafted specifically, uh, headpieces, crafting headpieces specifically since the 19th century. The meaning... Quote, the crown is a godly representation of hood philosophies told from a 
digestible, youthful lens, says free, unquote, who co-founded the multiple disciplinary media company, PG Lane with Kendrick. All right. I don't know any of that right going on. I don't know where this is going. All right. However, it sounds a little wokish to me. The announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Perhaps one of the most widely recognized symbols of religious icon uh, iconography. According to the New Testament, a crown of thorns was placed on the head of Chiefs himself in the events leading up to his crucifixion. The crown is a metaphor for artistic prowess, humility, and perseverance, according to the jeweler. The jeweler? For the rapper, it serves as a nod to nod of respect to the artists. The artists who came before him, not the rappers, but the artists. Uh, you can read into all of these things if you like. The crown provide, uh, the crown proves central to his performance, powerful performance on the pyramid stage. Pyramid? Bruh. I need to do a collaboration. Is Chronicles of Judah here? Somebody has a contact with him. <laughs> Somebody can definitely fill me in on, we got pyramids. We got crown of thorns. Um, all we need is the nanny goat at this particular point to across uh, the stage and a black cat. What do we need? Uh, we're missing some things here. Why? I mean, there's a couple more things. Do we need to? Do we? <laughs> yeah, all we need is the 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 pledge to the Baphomet at this point. What are we doing here? This is far, far gone from the days of the good kid mad uh, city. I don't know, man. This is a little touchy to me. Here we go right here. And it says right here, uh, Lamar told the crowd it was his favorite track from the new album, which was Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, uh, because it's about imperfection. Imperfection is beauty, he said, adding that he wears his crown of thorns as a reminder. They judge you. They judge Christ. Okay. Kendrick made those words a repeat refrain in his song, which ended with a powerful support of women shell shocked by the rollback of early termination rights in the United States just days earlier. As blood appeared to trickle down his face from the thorns, the rapper repeated, They judge you, they judge Christ. Godspeed for women's rights. So that's what we showed you. We showed you that particular clip that they're referencing here. Designed over the course of 10 months, the headpiece features 8,000 cobblestone micro-pave, micro-pave diamonds totaling more than 137 carats. Uh, numerology, anyone? Anybody studying their mathematics? Let me know. And it says, and weighs about 200 grams. It requires more than, require more than 1,300 hours of work by four craftsmen to, to handset the diamonds. All right, uh, enough about that. We'll go on and talk about it here. So if you didn't see the clip, we cannot play it again, unfortunately, here. The announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. But obviously, he's in a different element. He's in a different realm. And he's probably surrounded by people who are trying to work his way through where, wherever he's going. He's no longer 
committed to where he was, obviously. I mean, he's he's just around a different group of people here. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if years later we see how this transition goes and you're going to probably be shocked. But what happened is when he's doing this, he was crying. He was, represent he was representing himself on stage, crying passionately as blood. I don't know if it was real blood trickled into his eye. He storms off the stage and he makes this passionate uh, quest of uh, they judge you. They judge Christ. Godspeed to women's rights. I don't know if he freestyled that, but that's what he was saying. And then he was emotionally he stormed off the stage. And this is where I'm really confused with men today. I'm really confused with men. Why is it that? Of course, let me get my disclaimer. The show does not promote hate or harm or any of any person based on gender, relationship, status, race, or class. Maybe of class, but not anything like that. Why is it that men get supremely emotional about issues when they leave other issues about men on the table? Why do they feel weird about speaking up about men's rights? Why don't they cry when other men get in trouble? Namely, uh, false allegations, false DNA tests, DNA uh, paternity fraud, the justice system, the justice system altogether for men or black men in particularly. And and not only that, you have the family court system and all the social services connected with that. Why aren't you getting passionate about that? What about the father's rights in this situation here? What about the father's rights in the issue that you're talking about? Why do you have to get emotional here? As if this is the only thing to do. Now, I know he's an artist, a performing artist. And as you can see, he probably had the spoken word crowd out there and the people who do dance as an interpretation, right? And they can make powerful. Listen, we're creative people here. We're creative people. But oftentimes it's the only way you think that you can solve issues is to be able to use display, artistic display, and use emotion, which is going to be a weak position to take. Just to get involved in the legal system. Start making good things about the way you vote. Instead, the things turn in a way that you don't anticipate, and then you get emotional about it. But you fail to get emotional about men's issues. I think the way men like him are doing this, they're using emotional blackmail. They're using emotional playground, which they're not adept at. Adept at. And they're also doing this because they've had no father to train them about how consequences have long-ranging and long-term effects. Like, say, for instance, if you did not want this to happen, you could have put in things in place and got everybody organized in order to not make it happen. But you didn't. So every week, every month, every election year, there's a lot of men that step out and they act surprised about why things happen. And then only thing they do is yell, shout, or cry, right? You can see Kendrick Lamar is the type of guy that his mother took him potentially, to vote for Biden. And so when we play this clip about Biden, it's not necessarily against you voting for Biden. It's what this video displays. A lot of you young men grew up like this with women that bullied you as an adult male to make decisions on their behalf. You're in the backseat and your mom's berating you as an adult. We know this young man's adult is an adult because he can vote. He cannot vote on his own. He has to vote in an emotional way for women's rights. Why are we doing this? Hey, I told you to do Biden. How we done lost a damn vote? We done lost a vote. That's gonna go to Trump. God damn. I'm worshiping these people like they're fucking God. Ain't nobody worshiping them. But God damn it, Chris. We need somebody in there with motherfucking sense. 
that money. I told you. I said go Democrat Biden. Now there's a fucking vote that we done lost that can fucking go to Trump. This is why I don't do politics. I will never do this. So, um, the man's trying to stand up for his own vote. One person, one vote. He wanted to vote independent. He didn't even vote for Trump. But a vote for independent, in her opinion, is a vote against Biden. And so she thinks that she can berate the guy. Now, I'm telling you, you young men grew up like this. And then you find yourself in the current times. Well, Godspeed for women's rights. What about men's rights? Crickets. We got all the rights. And this is when guys all of a sudden tell us it's a man's world. Men have all the rights. We have male privilege and all of these things. Despite the fact that we show you, there's we get disenfranchised too. You guys are always crickets on this one, but you use this emotional blackmail. This is a stunted growth that um, you haven't been allowed to grow as a man. All right. This is why I tell you after a certain age, young boys don't need to be around their mama that much, especially 12 and 13. You don't need to be sitting on your mother's lap. You don't need a day to day contact with her. She cannot train you to be the man that you need. She's ill equipped. Why? We know this. She's never grown up. She's never been a 12 or 13 year old boy. She's never been. She's never been an 18-year-old male. She's never been a 26-year-old male. She does not know. Can she help you in certain aspects? Yes, but not as an emotionally growing man, not as a guy, not as a guy that can make his own decisions. Even when you're 18, you can't even make your own voting decision without being berated and belittled. Many of you guys are scared of your mother to this day. When I've been telling you, you should love, respect your mother, but you should be the authority over your mother, especially when you're 35 and over. If you're age 35, you should be over. You should be the authority over your mother. Why? She should be in a situation where she should no longer reign over you as the authority figure and the godlike figure anymore. She's not big mama. No, she's not. You should be telling her what she needs to do. Why? Because you're probably the one that's going to be taking care of her in the next 10 to 15 years. I want you to listen to, the, listen to it again. You're the one that's probably going to be taking care of her in the next 10 to 15 years. You're the authority over her. She's still your mother. You still love her. You still respect her. But you don't take orders from her. You're not scared of her. But you men still scared of your mama. No, absolutely not. There should be a man in her life that is the authority over her and the authority over you. Father, until your father's no longer capable of being the authority, then you're the authority over your father. All right, father, you're now 85 years old. Slow down. I'll get you your treat. Make sure you do this. Make sure everything's taken care of here. So this is the approach you guys have to have. But until you have a masculine presence in your life, until you until you actually absorb masculinity, you'll never understand this. You guys will never understand me. You'll never understand guys like me. I'm not scared of my mom. I love her. I respect her. But I'm always making sure, mom, make sure you did this. Make sure you have that. Make sure that this is in order. All right. When you come see me, make sure you do this. Make sure you have that. All right. And then when we're with each other, we have fun. We reminisce. She goes back down memory lane because she seems to always want to do that. I understand as a parent. Oh, yes, yes. You used to wipe my butt. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. I used to do this. I used to love Hot Wheels. You know, have her go down memory lane. 
but you're the one telling her, make sure you don't go at this time, make sure you don't do that because she still thinks she can do that. You make sure she's not doing that. You're the authority over her. Because you're going to be the one responsible for her, especially if you're a single mother raised young man. But you grow up and your mama's 50 and you're 20, 25, 30, and she's still screaming at you to do Biden. Many of them haven't done anything for you up until that point other than keep you so that she can be awarded social services. Right when the social services um, was about to run out, she kicks you out. But again, let me go back to the story. You've been raised as a man, and I've been telling men this ever since this BLM thing started, which we proved that had nothing to do with men. They used you as foot soldiers to blow everything up. Many of you got nothing from it. And don't tell me about they start changing laws about strangleholds. I ain't never been put in a stranglehold by the police. You know why? Because I'm not a criminal and I don't engage in nefarious or near criminal activity. And I keep my paperwork in order. I never get put in these situations. So it didn't help me one bit. I don't care about criminal reform. I'm not a criminal. Okay, but let me go back to this. Okay, let me go back to this. You guys have learned from a long time. Right? You guys have. A, now, when you were a young black male, yes, I get it. When I was a young black male, yes, I used to get pulled over all the time. But when I'm going to say this again, you guys have watched in the absence of men or absence of strong men. You guys have watched your mothers, your aunties, your your older female cousins. You've acted them watch. You've watched them act in this emotionally black male, emotional tirade type behavior all the way into their 20s and 30s. You guys know what I'm talking about. You grew up. People being loud, passionate, emotional, trying to be the loudest. People assuming because I'm the loudest in the room, I win all arguments or I can intimidate you by basically getting you in your face. And what you going to do? Of course, you can't backhand pimp slapper because you're going to jail and you're a bigger person and everybody's going to say, well, why would you do that? Right. But you've watched them use this. And you're now mimicking this as an adult male. You're mimicking this type of behavior as an adult male, which is feminine behavior, marching off the stage, stomping off, crying. All right, what was he doing? The spoken word, spoken word. Oh, my this and this women's rights. God speaks to women's rights. This is not masculine behavior. This is not behavior of a man at all. This is not indicative of a man that has been raised with the father. I don't know his situation with his father or not. But this is not how you do things, especially on this particular issue. And you've watched your cousins, you've watched your niece, your aunts, you've watched your mothers or whoever, your grandmothers curse people out in the street and claim that they won the argument by acting belligerent, by crying, by doing anything, throwing temper tantrums in the middle of the street. I cussed him out. You know what I did? I cussed him out. Well, you doesn't mean you were right. Doesn't even mean you won the argument. You just threw a bigger emotional uh, fit. That's all you did. That's all you did. You didn't win. I cussed him out. And did you win the argument? You just were the loudest. Or you just cried the most. You didn't win. <laughs> all right. But you guys think you can win by throwing emotional tirades, by cursing people out, by being the loudest in the room. 
This is not. This is not masculine behavior. That would be in the feminine. And Kendrick Lamar is invoking his feminine behavior by saying, oh, I'm going to just go out here and throw an emotional tirade in a fit and throw some spoken word out there, and we're going to get this pushed through. We're not. It accomplishes nothing. It accomplishes nothing. You saw your single mother write that check out to the grocery store, and it bounces, and she threw a fit. She ended up getting the groceries. See, son, that's how it's done. And then you try to do it. And you try to bust up the restaurant. You try to bust up the, uh, the the liquor store, the corner store, and then you get shot in the process. See, you get shot. You get hogtied. You get thrown in the back. And then you become a, a mural for the, your community. You've accomplished nothing. You're dead. So there needs to be logic in how men handle things. There needs to be deliberation. There needs to be organization and structure. Men crying has never done anything. I'm just telling you, the Boston Tea Party wasn't solved by tears, okay? The American Revolution wasn't solved by tears. Any of these things that has gotten men to the position that they wanted, whatever they wanted, freedom, whatever it is, tears was not the one. Tears was tears were not it, okay? All the marching pretty much has gotten people the slow pimping way to equality, and still, you don't have the equality you want. So this is what we want men to be aware of. Um, um, I want you to understand the uh, uh, this actually shows you. I don't know how old Kendrick Lamar is. Let me just show you. Let me just tell you something. I'm gonna look it up. This is not a criticism of him as a person, just of what he's done. Okay, Kendrick Lamar is 35 years old. He's 35, and he's crying on the stage, and he has to stump off the stage because the Supreme Court overturned 304 B Wade v Wade. You're telling me this is the best way to handle this. <laughs> he has power and influence. He has to be able to influence. He has money. He has money. He can actually sway the opinion and actually organize and get people to, uh, to get what we want 50 years later. But no, I'm going to cry and stomp and, and stomp off the stage. Mm. 35. I mean, I believe, uh, you know, we, we talk about age. There's a chronological age. There's emotional age. And then there's physical age. And then if you want to go back a little bit further, that's even more. He's 35. He acted like a petulant 15-year-old. Mm. He acted like maybe a 12-year-old. How he how we, um how a 12-year-old will act if their single mother told them they couldn't have extra um extra nowelators tonight. You can't have no extra nowelators. Stop off the stage. Give me some nowelators. All right. There's nothing masculine about that. And I just cringe at the fact that people still do this behavior. And then people still treat you like children. And you're still mad that you get treated like children in certain circumstances. But then you revert back to child behavior. And then people have no choice but to treat you like a child. They have no choice. Let's get to the contributions of this one. Sorry to hear say see this about him. Um, if you want to see the video, because there's a lot of people that keep talking about issues in our world, and then I keep seeing you crying about it. Or if you're not crying, you're overly um, exaggerated about your behavior. And then nothing gets accomplished, and you wonder why. 
Because you always wait to the last minute. Why don't you organize and have a constructive plan that over a five to 10 year period, you can actually have your advantage that you want. But no, you guys, uh, and I'm not saying you guys, what tends to happen is you forget about issues. Then when the issue flares up, you kick, scream and cry. And then you want people to feel sorry for you. And then you want the issue to change like that. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. You need an organized plan. You need to put the right people in the situation. You need a structure. Then you need to go about keeping this in the front part of your mind and not waiting to the fifth or the, the 11th hour to accomplish it. And then when it doesn't go your way, you actually throw an emotional tirade. It's sad. Same thing as people here in this red pill community, if you will. You guys think you're going to kick, scream, and cry, and then isolate yourself from women, and it's going to work out. Now, it works out temp- It works out temporarily because men stop dating, and women wonder what happened to you guys. What happened? Where did all the men go? But uh, other than that, yes, I mean, that's going to help a bit by walking away. But then you need to have something where you organize yourself, and you're not using your emotional blackmail against them. You're not saying, well, we hate women, or you're not saying things like that. You're basically saying, I'm living the free agent lifestyle. Y'all can do whatever y'all want. This is how I'm going to organize. Anyway, sad to see. Sad to see a grown man throwing a temper tantrum on stage. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> Caleb Max says, Coach, just brush your damn teeth. I'll be brushing my teeth. <laughs> I have a sweet tooth, though. My man said, brush your damn teeth. All right. One of my favorite lines on uh, Rush Hour. When Chris, when Chris, what is the name? <laughs> yeah, I'm really bad with names. I'm telling you, what's his name, Chris? Anyway, when he walks in there and he walks in there to the dudes, he's kind of undercover, but he knows them. And then he tells them to brush his teeth when he walks away. Chris Tucker. Shit. I have a problem with names. I'm going to be better about names in the future. Shout out to Ghost J. He says Chronicles of Judah collab would be epic coach. It would be in over my head. I would be in over my head because I actually find the stuff that men like that talk about very interesting. Very. And if you haven't seen Chronicles of Judah, I think he goes by, but he stripped his YouTube channel significantly. So he used to be, he used to have a lot of stuff on YouTube, but I'm pretty sure he got in trouble for it. So I think, you know, he's taking all of his other original videos down. I think they might be on Patreon. But what happens is they talk about stuff. You know, it might be far-fetched to you, but you guys got to understand in our world that we, in our culture, we, we're we a somewhat Puritan Christian culture. Um, That's what our country was founded on, although we do have other religions here a lot of stuff has been hidden from us and kept from us meaning um in the last 2000 years or so you know we don't realize how new this idea of christianity is it's the newest religion on the block i mean if it wasn't for the crusaders probably would have disappeared a long time ago and the conquistadors and all of those people if it wasn't for them it would have been disappeared a long time ago but because people were getting heads chopped off, it's the most popular religion. With that being said, prior to that, people had all different ways to be spiritual. 
And with that being said, with uh, uh, being spiritual, people pray to multiple gods. People pray to divine feminine, sun god, Amun-Ra. And there has been a cultural of things that that um, is now considered, no, it seems ridiculous to have a belief system in that. But prior to 2,000 years ago, people believed in these things. Somebody said that's false. Uh, what would be false? The 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 Crusaders? I mean, they literally have the death. Many teams have Crusaders right now. I mean, they have Crusaders as nicknames right now to this day. The worship of the one God is a fairly new idea. Very new. I mean, it's new. It's the newest on the block. I mean, other than worshiping anything other than that. <laughs> but if it wasn't for the conquistadors and the crusaders anyway there's a, there's a couple of videos that you because i know you guys don't read <laughs> you can look up videos of how fast it spread with on the onset of the crusaders and the um the conquistadors and also the missionaries i mean without them you would have the spread let me see if i can put let me see if i can pull it up <laughs> Let me see if I can pull it up here. We'll watch a video. We're just chilling now because we're just chilling now because uh let me see here. Oh damn, it's too it's too I'm not ready for the video. I wasn't ready to pull it up. Let me check something real quick. Now I'm going to get this video pulled down. Yeah, I'm not ready to reference it here, but let's just pull this up. You know, I, I haven't watched this video, but I'm assuming we're just going to look here. This was from the 1400s and such. All right, so you had some spread here. All right, you had some spread here by the, uh, oh, you got the 10 hundreds. You got the 10 hundreds, you got a little spread here. I mean, it's still mostly just Europe and you got a little bit of the Middle East and whatnot. Then it spreads particularly here, 14 hundreds. You haven't even got to the new world. I mean, this is, most of this map is filled in by now. But this is Christian. This is Christianity in the 1500s. It's not very spread out here. Um, by the 1530s, you got a little bit of spread there. By the now, you have the conquistadors, conquistadores. You have the conquistadores that didn't spread over here. The conquerors over there. Now you got a little spread here. 1587, 1600. It's starting to spread now. All right, now it's wildfire. All right, 1700s. Of course, you had the people come over from this region and over here now, okay? And in modern times, now 1837, 1862, 1899, 1919, 20 and 16, and so forth and so on. 
All right. And they do have an interpretation of this video prior to, let me see here. The, uh, let's see here. Okay. We'll see if this, we can use this now. I'm again, I haven't, I haven't planned to use this video. This is from the year zero, uh, 55 CE. They say here, that's, that's Christianity right there. 2000 years ago. There it is right there. 67, 91, the year 110. Oh, somebody says Islam came here after Christianity. Okay. The year one, uh, one th- but these are fairly new ideas still. The year 150, 190, 300, boom. There's a big explosion there. Year 300 there, 400. So it's starting to spread there. So as you can see, the idea of it, some people are like, the Bible goes back 5,000 years. Okay, but the idea of it didn't spread off until 2,000 years ago. It's fairly new. It's one of the newest, I'll say. Somebody said the year of 04. Anyway, y'all can search on your own. Do your own research on it. But we've been here for 200,000 years. I don't know if you guys believe that. <laughs> you guys might not believe that. Like, we've been here long before 2,000 years ago. Even 5,000 years ago is a blip in history compared to our civilizations as people here. And this is all opinion, by the way. You don't have to agree with this portion of today's show. Where are we at here? Albert Ingram says, I used to be emotional. You helped change me. Thanks. Yes, indeed. All right. Thank you for that one. There's emotions are useful in the right context, in the right context, in my opinion, emotional emotions were emotions were uh, emotions are useful in the right context, but emotionally exploding, crying, breaking down in tears. That's not a masculine way to deal with something. All right. Even fighting to the great extent is a not a way to deal with anything, any and everything. I mean, if you study the art of war, 48 laws of power. Just fighting someone to prove a situation is not always the best decision. If you, um, if somebody's overly emotional and they have adrenaline and you don't, sometimes you got to evade. Sometimes you got to be like, I'm not going to deal with this issue because I'm not in the proper position to deal with this. So we could plan a fight to where now we're both on the even terms. But if you're overly hyped and you get me emotionally charged, but I'm not ready, it's probably not a good opportunity to fight. Right. It would be dumb. It would be dumb to engage in that type of battle. Not only that, you haven't surveyed the room. You don't realize how much backup they have. You don't real. you don't. There's a lot you don't realize. You don't realize if this person is a bigger threat than they are. Do they have weapons? Do they have 300 men behind them? You don't know. So getting emotionally charged because something somebody else is emotionally charged is probably not going to work out for you. You're going to end up like this. Be careful when it comes to this thing here, because then you beca- you can become engaged in a long out emotional war or a physical war just because you reacted emotionally. All right, let's get to the rest of these and then wrap it up because they 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 charging me today. They charging me. Somebody said Christopher Johnson says you are right. 
and he was paid handsomely, handsomely. All right, gullible fans. And so is he acting? Is Kendrick Lamar acting in that situation? I believe it's an act. And so they they pay them off to do whatever they need to do, right? Hey, go out there and say these certain things. And then he does it. And then he gets paid as a result. Guys, when you get on that side of the, one day I'll be a Pulitzer Prize winner. One day I'll be given the Nobel Prize for freeing men. But once you engage in that side, you're doing Biden. Are you a freshman at the university? No, no. <laughs> you look like no. a freshman. <laughs> um, somebody say he's bought and sold. It's a ritual. Yeah, these, I mean, oh, uh, guys, again, Chronicle of Judah. What, what you understand is, uh, some, unfortunately, and I hate to talk, I'm not talking down about religion, but sometimes when you're, when you're, gosh, how can I say this without offending? Sometimes the clergy participates in things and beliefs about the system that they're preaching to you that they don't do themselves, right? They, they don't follow those same rules. And I'll just give you an easy interpretation of this, okay? And I don't want to get evil or conspiratorial. I'll give you an easy interpretation. There's some clergy members that tell you to get married, be fruitful and multiply, but they don't marry at all. They don't marry at all. And you're going, hold up. <laughs> now, if you want to go further than that, that, that just gives you the base. That just gives you the ham and egger. That just gives you the knuckle dragger interpretation of what I mean. You can go deeper than that. It goes deeper than that to the point where if they can control the masses by getting them to believe in this system, but you don't participate in it and you have a different form of worship. That's what I think about. I'm going, wait a minute. I'm doing this, but you're doing that. And which then if they have enough power, control and influence, then they can encourage other people to pass that message on to you by giving them benefits. I don't know, man. This show is getting deep. I need to actually. <laughs> I need to actually get on with today's show. Zone 864 says vote for Biden. Don't work the same. Hashtag coach gang or couch gang. All right. Couch gang. Coach gang. James Bond. Frames Bond says keep us inspired by example. Thank you, coach. All right. So that's what I do. That's why I show that long ass intro because I want you to see. And hopefully and I'll be able to start this life again of traveling and doing other things and showcasing it. I want you to see that you shouldn't be afraid to live the life you want to live as a man. They're going to tell you not to do certain things and you shouldn't want to do these things. You should just sit around and have a woman in your life who can constantly tell you no. And this woman's going to constantly try to say, well, I'll keep you from, I'll keep you from dying. I'll save you from your own self. Meanwhile, you're saving her from her. You're protecting her. You're giving her everything. But she's telling you, don't get on a motorcycle. Don't do this. Don't buy a nice sports car. Don't travel. Don't go overseas. Don't go to the Bahamas. Don't go get no extra peace leave outside on Europe. Don't do this. Don't fornicate. They're literally trying to strip away the fun of your life. That's what their role is. No. How come you always get in a relationship? And she's there to tell you what not to do. 
Don't go have fun. Don't spend that extra money. Don't buy lunch at work. Take a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yep, don't smoke cigars. Don't play tackle football. Don't do nothing. All right, just sit here and worship me. I mean, that's basically the game plan of a relationship. Oh, I used to do those things, but now I don't. I used to play in ultimate frisbee contests on the weekend. I used to be in a basketball league, but now I'm not. You know, my wife used to get mad at me. I used to go golfing and playing uh, a front nine and a back nine, but I can barely have time to play a front nine. Mm. Yep, don't play video games. Everything's bad. Sell your truck. Get a minivan. Don't do this. Just be my personal servant. Clean out, do the honey-do list. Clean out the garage. Take the kid to soccer practice. Sit there all day. Cut up orange slices, apple slices. Um, do serve personal me. Take me to the farmer's market, the fair, the festival. Do romance with me. Um, uh, live with me and not have sex. Don't have sex with other women. Don't lust after other women. Don't, don't use prawn. Don't touch yourself unless I'm there. <laughs> no, we can't afford that hobby. Don't hang out with those friends. Sounds fantastic to me, doesn't it? That, that's basically what you get when you get into a relationship. Now, beforehand, I know there's some guys saying, but I hold masculine frame. I don't listen to my wife anyway. I'm going to go hunting and fishing. All right, but Prince Harry gave up hunting. He gave up damn near everything to be with Megan. Don't do this. Don't do that. I don't believe in this. Don't buy a firearm and protect this house. No guns in the house. Yep, Ra Raul just said it. Don't buy a gun. Why you need guns? Guns are icky. Guns are unsafe. I feel unsafe with it in the house. You know why? Because then if you got one in the house, she ain't, um, if you don't have one in the house, she can emotionally flip out on you. If you have one in the house, she got to be held in check because she know she likes if stuff goes left, he at least got that. But people don't say that. This, these are the fine print details in relationships. This is what you agree to by agreeing to a commitment. Don't you want a commitment? A kahoot? Okay, baby. Yeah, let's have a commitment. Well, great. Sign here on the dotted line. Okay. And all it says right here, I commit to you. You commit to me. This is what the commitment agreement says. And she signs, you sign it, she signs it. Then she's leaning over you and you're going, what did I just sign here? And then she says stuff like, well, relationships are about trust and you can't do this. This is what relationships do. She start boxing you in on all the invisible, invisible ink and fine print. Well, people in relationships don't do this and people in relationships don't do that. You're like, wait a minute, what? You're talking to me. Well, this is not, do you think this is what a relationship is about? No, she gets to dictate to you. It's the invisible ink, fine print of relationships, and all relationships have them. Well, what you're supposed to say is that is the fine print of relationships. And when she wants to silent treat me, she silent treats me. When she wants to remove segs, well, that's what happens. I'm just not in the mood. I haven't showered in three days and I smell like a bag of onions. Is any of this turning you off? Nothing. And so then what you have to do as a man, I'm going to tell you how you counter that. In order to prevent that type of emotional abuse, gaslighting, her coming in with the predictive behavior, you have to hold masculine frame over her. Or you have to go step by step line item on what you will and will not do or what you will and will not accept. 
because if you don't, everything goes in her handbook of this is a relationship. I'm telling you. And so then she gets to go, we're going to set the rules as the relationship goes along. Hey, don't you want a commitment? Yes, I want a commitment. You get into the relationship. And then every day, she gets to change the rules or set the rules accordingly. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. I'm going to take this off the table. I'm going to put it back on. I'm going to be under your control. Now you're controlling me. I'm going to not go to girls' nights out, but now I'm going to go. You can't dictate who I hang out as friends with. You can't. Right? So then you have no leverage because now she does what? She She's with you now. Now she might have your baby. Now she lives with you. Now the rules of the game has changed. And as you go along, you find out, oh, this is what we believe on this. Hmm, this is what we believe on that. Oh, you got to go to church every weekend. No, no, I don't. Well, every man in a relationship goes to church with his wife. Don't you want to go to church with me? I don't. Nope. No, I'm watching the football game. You bought season tickets? Are you crazy? We're trying to save for a house. Why did you buy season tickets? Well, I'm going to the game. I'm Boy, these bots, these bots are out of control. Well, because you're doing, not doing what I want, no sex for you. No sex for you. I'm going to not cooperate with you. I'm going to hold it against you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to not perform for you. Mm. <laughs> and then all along, she's telling you what you ain't going to do. You ain't going to do this. You ain't going to do that. Or if you say, I'm going to do it anyway, you come home to her emotionally type, um, abusing you, like meaning that she's withdrawing sex. She's withdrawing conversation. She's um, she she typically is going to use things like, um, well, you should know why I'm mad at you. How come you were there so long? What were you doing? Reporting to you like you're the mom. You know what I mean? Like, this is all garbage to me, man. Listen. <laughs> This is all garbage. And don't look at another girl's ass. Don't look at no prawn. Don't do nothing. Just keep it. Where are we at? Let's finish up here. My man Albert Ingram says, you saved my life. I was raised by a single mother. Okay. So what we teach you about over here is don't hate your mom. Um, You know, your mom didn't know any better. They were force-fed strong and independence. They were force-fed that they can have it all and do it all. No help from men. Sometimes they chose a bad partner. Sometimes the partner was driven out, even though he wanted to be there, and he just said to hell with it. And, um, you know, you you just seen, you didn't see what real life was. You don't, you can't underestimate how much you've missed out on life by having a single mother. Okay? This doesn't go with all single mothers. But you've missed out significantly of, of what you missed out in life. Just say, for instance, vacation. Vacation. Remember when spring break would come around, summer break would come around, you went to a suburban school or halfway suburban school, and everybody asked you, what you going to do on spring break? And you were like, huh? What am I going to do on spring break? I'm going to be sitting at home in my drawers, in my underoos, eating Captain Crunch, sitting in front of the TV all day. 
while my mama's at work. So I could focus on my career. That's what the hell I'm going to be doing. But the suburban kids, the suburban kids, we're going to the Poconos. We're going to Hawaii. We're going to Lake Havasu. And they plan that shit out a whole year and ahead. You don't know nothing about vacation, spring break, summer break. You didn't have a house over over here where you could go somewhere in the Daytona Beach. We rented a house on Daytona Beach. Huh? Yeah, they going to coding camp, space camp. Yo ass going to the YMCA camp all damn day until your mama get home from work. So I could focus on my career. Okay, that's where you're going. You're going to child daycare. Okay, you missed that because you got a single mother. You got a broken family. All right, somebody wants y'all to be weak out here. <laughs> yeah, they're going to the Sequoias. They're going to Mammoth. They're going. Uh, where are you going? Where are you guys going for winter break? Winter break, huh? They're going to Mammoth. They're going to Big Bear. You ain't never been in no damn swimming pool. Okay, your mama told you when you went to YMCA camp, don't let him go in the swimming pool. He he gonna mess his Jerry curl up. He gonna mess his S curl up. Don't let him get in the water. Right? And so you grew up living that existence and then you you start your family and you never go on vacation. You never can get time off your job. And you think this is privilege. You think society, the people that do that in society are privileged. No, man, this is what people do. This is what people do, and they plan for these things. You want to go to the concert. You'll sing a mama, hey, the concert is tomorrow. The concert is tonight. Mama, can you give me money for a ticket? You get the money for the ticket. She scrounges. She's scraping. She's pulling up on her. She's lifting the freaking uh, sofa sheets, the sofa pads, trying to go in there, scrimping and scraping. She's giving you the business about why you need to go to this concert. I just want to go to the concert. Everybody else is going. You got to buy your ticket from a scalper. You get there, your ass in the cheap seats all the way up to the top. Your suburban friends or your friends with two-parent households, they got their seats right up front. And they been had their seats eight months ago. And they put their seats on credit card. You bought scalping tickets at the same price they brought front row tickets. But your ass in the nosebleeds. Because you guys have no preparation. Most people prepare for these things well in advance and they can put these things on the calendar. Oh, wow, this person's coming to town and this person's coming to town. Let's put this on a credit card. Let's put, you can't put nothing on your mama's credit card. You can't put nothing on your mama's credit card. You ask your mama to put something on a credit card. Hey, can you put these tickets on the credit? What? Uh-uh. Nah, you just gonna have to go without. You don't need that stuff anyway to be happy. Them people ain't happy to have that stuff. See, it's the experiences that you miss out on life. And you, those things compound over and over again. Mama, I need to try out for the basketball team this summer. And there's summer camp and summer leagues. We need $850. Now, you ain't Michael Jordan, so they make your ass pay the full price. You can't do that all summer, son. So your ass gonna go to after-school day camp all day while everybody else is playing summer league ball. Right. 
You can't get the uniform. You can't get the special shoulder pads. Get the school issue shoulder pads. You can't get the special face mask. Get the face school issue face mask. You can't get the special cleats. Now you can't do what you need to do out on the football field. And now you turn in your ankle with the school issue cleats. You see what I mean? It compounds and compounds. They go to the field trip. Your mama forgets to sign a permission slip because she been. So I could focus on my career. Now you come to school the day of the field trip. All the kids got their sack lunch. You looking left out. Hmm, why y'all got sack lunches? They ready to go. They show up. They line up, still got their backpack and, and, and jacket on. You're like, where are we going today? What are we doing? Don't you know we going to the damn Museum of Science and Industry today? We going to the Museum of Science and Industry? Yeah, man, this is the field trip. Oh, shit, damn. You try to go to the office. Uh, mama, can you bring the permission slip? $25 and a sack lunch. Nope. No. Why? Your mama at the damn, she she at the grocery store scanning groceries right now. Boop, boop, with that little wrist thing on her hand. Boop, she can't take off of work, go back home, leave her master's job. She can't leave her master's desk to go home and get the permission slip and the $25 that she ain't got or she gonna get it to you in rolled up quarters. Um, She can't give you a sack lunch. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So now your ass sitting in the principal's office all day. Well, I guess you're going to be collecting attendance sheets all day. Uh, go to this school. Go to this classroom. Go to that classroom. Collect attendance sheets while all the kids are loading up on the bus ready to go. All right. The wheels on the bus go around and around. They having fun. They stand in line. They looking at things. They come back. Man, the field trip was litty. Yeah, the field trip was lit. What was you doing, Demetrius? I sat in the office all day. <laughs> Doing ditto worksheets. Because my mama forgot the permission slip. How about this one? How about this one? It's Halloween. We supposed to dress up for Halloween and get the Halloween costume. You, your dumb ass, forget to tell them. We having a holiday parade, Halloween parade at the school today, mama. What? It ain't December. It ain't December. It ain't October 31st. So you go up to school. You show up. Everybody dressed in their Halloween costume. You ain't got nothing on. You got your regular ass shit on. Oh. So you get your mama on the phone. You go to the office. Hey, mama. We forgot the damn Spider-Man costume. You know that plastic hot ass one? <laughs> we forgot to dress up for Halloween today. She can't go home and get your costume because so I could focus on my career. She can't leave her desk job to go do that. She got dictation to take. She got meetings to go to. Um, well, son, you just gonna have to miss out on the holiday holiday parade. <laughs> well, I can't even say it. The Halloween. I'm just telling you. On a day-to-day -day basis, as a single mother raised person, man or female, you miss out on shit that is normal to everybody else. You just miss out. Yeah, she go, you better take a sheet and cut them eyes out. Put that over your head. And so then when you grow up, and if this is a black single mother, when you grow up to not like black women and you start dating Puerto Rican, Latina, all other women but black women, they're like, well, do you hate your mom? And you're thinking like this. Well, let me think about it. My experience was not quite the best life. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I missed out on tons and tons of experiences. All the while, she's keeping you away from the father. All the while, she's cashing $300 child support checks. All the while, she's the superhero and the princess warrior single mother. Okay? And so this is what people don't account for is that over time, your mother has never taken a vacation in her life. You haven't known her to take a vacation in her life. You've never seen it as a young man because you guys are addicted to the struggle. So you grow up in life never taking vacations when all along in other areas of life, people take four vacations a year. They take one in the summer. They take one in the spring. They take one in the winter. All right. And they take one in the fall. And they've been doing that every year of their lives. Do the kids really appreciate it? Not necessarily, but they get the experience. They get to name all the places they've ever been. You've been nowhere but Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You've been nowhere but Southside of Chicago. You've been nowhere but Baltimore. You've been nowhere but Houston. Right? You've missed out on life as a young person. And then you don't know how to make that up. And so many of you single mother, mother raised men don't get life kicked off until you're 40. Okay? You don't get life kicked off until you're in your 40s. You don't buy a house until you're 40. You don't even know what that is. Your mama ain't never bought no house. You've been living in apartments your whole life. If you're lucky, you are living with parents, relatives, or um, in a housing project. Okay, you ain't bought no house. You ain't bought no damn car. You probably did or did not get married. You probably a baby daddy. You probably just repeated the cycle. Never took no vacation. Never, nothing, nothing. Somebody said funerals and family reunions. That's the only vacation you know. People expect you to take vacation to come see them in Baltimore. You're like, they're like, oh, when are you going to come see us? Well, I was planning on going to Europe. How come you ain't going to come to Baltimore and see us? Baltimore, it's not on my schedule. It's out of the way. It ain't close to nothing that I'm a vacation to see. I'm not coming to Baltimore. I'm going to go see. I'm going to damn Dominican Republic. Y'all can come with me. But most of y'all ain't left your city unless it was a funeral or a family reunion. That's the only time. And y'all scrimped and staved. You went from Baltimore to Denver. Because you had some family in Denver that wanted to throw a family reunion. And y'all drove all the way from Baltimore to Denver. That was your vacation. Mm. You see what I mean? So what I'm telling you is, and this doesn't even have to do with black single mothers. This is single mothers in general. You guys miss out on life. And you think that's normal. While other people get to experience life, they may not appreciate it, but they're still getting the experiences. Right. They're still getting the experiences that you're going to miss out on. Most of your experience with family has been bickering and fighting. Right? Which is suburban families do that, too. But y'all do it out in the open street at the barbecue in the park. All right. Um, am I hitting home for a lot of people's life? Bill, Mr. Strikers in the building, Bill Strikers, some cheeseburger money. If they do, you like Tommy. Yeah, mm. I'm going to be looking today watching. Right. I'm waiting for a notification today. They sure did get a brother today. God, no. But uh, am I hitting home for you people? 
for you people. This is your this is the reality of many people who grow up and struggle, straggle, struggle, and whatever. Uh Playboy Leo says, but she got ass though. I think you're talking about the girl with the uh the two big bellies, the big belly. She does got um she does got a rear end, that's for sure. Dewanis Alexandros, if you guys only knew many guys in sexless relationships. Whew. Yes, speak on that. There's guys in relationships, they're not getting nearly the amount of sex as you would think. And when they're getting, it's lazy, it's sloppy, it's quick. Don't mess up the sheets. I didn't take a shower. If they're getting it, it's it's lackluster. So don't think that because people are in relationships, they're winning. Most of the time, they're losing on a daily basis. Sitting this one out says, boys, control your breathing. It's an emotional hack. Yes, that's a good point. And he says, these same ninjas that wear bonnets now. And he says, uh, petulant, damn CGA, I'm adding that to my vocabulary. All right, yes, petulant child. So a lot of people, that's all you know, unfortunately. And this isn't, this is something we seek to correct, not judge. All right, so we're going to end off on the PayPal's. Hang tight. Did I get, uh, I got this brother already. Mr. Jorge, we're going to call you. I got Jorge and he gave me some coffee. Noel. Bain is in the building. Maybe make sure. He says, here's some dollars for that brown paper bag fund so you can put over the heads of the Las Vegas seeking girls while clapping them cheeks. I've actually got into a groove of where I'm finding out. I had to dig a little bit. I didn't have to dig in California like I had to dig here, but I found some better faces. Triggerverse says the music, music industry has always been demonic. Check on the new Beyonce Vogue cover. Also check out the blonde and humiliation ritual. Also Masonic hand symbols celebs do it 90% of their pictures. Yes, that's where we get those guys like Chronicle of Judah to come in here and break it down because it's way beyond what we know. And especially if you're a normie, you think things are uh, what you would call coincidental. Well, that's a coincidence that they're always... That's a coincidence. It's a coincidence. It's a coincidence. It, it, you know, it's a coincidence that people always go for these hand signals and whatnot. Okay. And you can't put two and two together no long. And not, not only that, you don't want your belief system to go there because you're like, no, they wouldn't do, they wouldn't do things to negatively influence me. These are my favorite recording honors. <laughs> All right. These people love their music. Yeah, the hacks are in here. And what you don't understand is power. See, I understand power because I'm a tiny tyrant. <laughs> I think power is done. It's not done in the way you think. You think people are just going to be authoritarian over you. No. They know how to get the message in. What, what do they call those things? Um. They call the messages, um, well, it gets into your subconscious, and, and then they make it repetitive, right? So that's the trick. We're going to make it repetitive and dancey. So then you oftentimes repeating these things, right, over and over again. That wet-ass pee, that wet-ass pee, and you bounce and you dance, and then all of a sudden you're twerking, you're bouncing, and then you're doing things. Subliminal. It gets into your subliminal messages. Yes, the subliminal messages. So they they they, they go underneath to get it to you. And then they hand it out like candy. You'll like this. 
you don't like that. Now, this is what happens when we talk about simp music. This is what we talk about hip hop. Um, so much so that every new hip hop artist sounds like they're gonna be a, a either a drug dealer or a gangbanger. I mean, you're like, whoa. Cause subliminally, this is what they believe that they need to get over the top. Do they live this culture? Not necessarily. So they gotta get this message into you. I think the hip hop culture in, as a, as a, in general probably has committed more deaths and has more blood on its hand than slavery, civil rights, Jim Crowism, crack ep epidemic, and so forth and so on. But it's part of the music, and people think no. Then all of a sudden, then you start identifying certain things. I identify as a thug. I identify as a gangbanger. Are you really that? Or did you get influenced to become that? I think you became influenced to adopt that culture. And then you say it's keeping it real. How many people, how many of y'all are killing people, shooting people up? I stood on the corner, slaying on rocks, selling rocks and smoking weed. And every drug dealer, yeah, I was a drug dealer back in the day. And I used to shoot up people. And I mean, there's some guys that probably did that. Most of the people didn't. But that's the picture that they paint. Anyway, music has been used to influence people for centuries. Yes, indeed. Same thing with YouTube and television programming. It's influential media. And then if they, it's not going the way they want, they'll stop you from doing it and they'll get this message out. <laughs> what a wonderful world we live in. Shout out to Triggerverse. He says, also, I showed my Taco Bell Gordita Francisco and she laughed. She found the original song, which is called Miraza, Mirazon de Seer. I think somebody actually showed us that one time. Let me. Oh, I can't play it. <laughs> I can't play it. I was, I was really about to get taken down. Like, have you ever put on a song, a love song or a breakup song, and you immediately was like, that's exactly how I feel. Or it might encourage you to say something that that person might say. Remember that there's some people that don't have real life experience at all. Everything they reference is a movie or a song. Or a meme that they saw on Instagram. It's never from their real life. And they just pull it out. Oh, this song said, or this song encouraged me to. So it influences you positively and negatively. And it's okay. I used to be against that. We're not against rappers. Or we're not against rap. But we're against those thugs. We got like five more uh, going on here. What a long day. Harold L. says, I was talking about the guy earlier on the show who got a CDL. Every day someone wakes up, keep the message going. Thank you, Harold L. You should be about, guys, guys, the ladies will come and go, man. You should be about your business. And let me tell you something. They are going to, there's going to be some women that want you to focus on them. And then when you focus on them, they're going to want you to not. Check out No Jumper late Instagram post. Drake ignores a th thirsty 304. By the way, she was with her man. Shout out to No Jumper over there. Where we at? Uh, I'm going to put it in here. Yeah, man, brother. Uh, <laughs> what a mess. What a mess out here. No Jumper. I'm going to just put that in there. Thank you for Dewan New. I can't show it right off the rip. Mr. I got to make sure I don't say government names here. 
keeping it real and freeing all of us from the machine. Thanks. You're always on fire. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. You got to free your mind out here. We're freeing you from the machine, but I don't want you to hate anyone. Deadly Edley, what do you mean by you people, huh? All right. I'm going to show y'all a video, by the way, at the end of this day, uh, stream. Hopefully I can show it. What do you mean by you people? SAU said single mother set you back in life, coach. I'm a statistic. I can confirm. Took me years to open my eyes. Yep. And it, it, this is what it is across the board. So um, the decision to be a single mother and to keep men from growing and, and young women from growing is a drastic uh, decision. We normalize it. But again, just admit you missed out significantly on life. I mean, if you haven't taken vacations, if you miss field trips, um, if you miss some of the things that we talked about, if you wore hand-me-down clothing all your life, I'm not against hand-me-down clothing, but if that's how you got through life your whole life, um, because you guys couldn't afford to go shopping, you went school shopping and and you went school shopping from someone's trunk because one of your relatives was a booster. <laughs> oh, we don't need to go to the store. All right. Uh, Tata Alicia down the street. She a booster. We're going to go school shopping out of her trunk. How many of you guys did that? And normalized it. <laughs> or you went to the booster. All right. I need five pair of Jabot jeans, four pair of cross colors. All right. Three polo shirts, a bucket hat. I need all of this. And then they went. And boosted it. They went in there and they went in a try-in place and tried on seven pair of jeans and walked clean up out the store. <laughs> and then you waited for her to bring your fit. Oh, man, I couldn't get the bucket hat, but maybe next week. <laughs> maybe next week I'll get the bucket hat. And then uh, that's how y'all grow up. Or y'all go to do Anyway. Sitting this one out says, Klitschko brothers, no cry. They joined the war. Noted. Yep. And yeah, that's not how they do it over there. <laughs> right. But you guys have, um, you guys don't know how to, you guys don't know how to fight and you really don't know who's on your side until you're anti-emotional. He says, Hami Till figure. Yep. You get your FUBU jeans. I got your FUBU shirt. How come we always get labels? We. And it's always a shirt with the biggest, gaudiest. <laughs> You'll be like, I got that drip. And it says hill figure all around. It's, it's like here, hill figure. <laughs> I'm not I'm not tripping on everybody's style. But why yo, why the label gotta be so big? You can walk around with a $30 t-shirt with a damn label across your chest like a billboard. Walking ass billboard. Yep. Free advertisement. So the next person, wow, hat, hill figure all around the damn hat. Not just the little logo. <laughs> you know, they put the logo right here. Hell no. Nah. I got to see it all the way around. I got to see it up and down, printed, reprinted 50,000 times all over my shirt. Hill figure, hill figure, hill figure this big, little hill figure. Come on. And you got it from the outlet store. Can't you just wear a simple shirt? Little, I'm not my shirt. This is my brand, so I can put my brand as big as I want. 
just put that junk right here on the corner. Put your little damn Leacock Sportif rooster ass. Put it right here. You don't need a big rooster across the shirt. <laughs> I know I'm dis. Look, look, look. I know a lot of people go disagree. Yeah, your drip is you drippy. You drippy. Uh, where you drip? Listen, don't don't get me started on fashion. I'm very simple when it comes to fashion. I don't like logos on my stuff. Like I even when I have a football team on my cross my chest, I always feel kind of weird about it. All right, but when it's football, see, I'll throw a Raider shirt on. I threw it on the other day because I ran out of T-shirts. But um, just very, I'm very minimal. I don't need to put all of that, and I don't need to have eight logos on. Remember that you had to match the logos? I remember I used to come out the house in seventh grade. They was like, you got Adidas shirt, Adidas socks with Nike shoes. I was like, and? Mm. <laughs> I was like, what? Y'all watching that close? Oh, let me put my Nike socks, Nike shoes, Nike t-shirt, Nike logo across the shorts, Nike logo all across the ass, Nike hat. Mm. I'm like, now you look ridiculous. Now, to me, that's ridiculous. I'm just letting you know, like, you thought I was ridiculous with the mismatch uh, companies and corporations. You look like a, a walking billboard. Mm. I'm like... You literally giving free advertisement out here, so so uh, so the next brother can shoot you over the next time you come out. <laughs> like, yeah, do you work at the Nike store? Like, what? Now that looks damn terrible. I mean, I'm I think that's overboard. I'm not doing that for free. I mean, shit. If I was Tiger Woods, I would do it. <laughs> I'll do it if I'm Tiger Woods. But I'm not about to wear all that. No, nah, I'll create my own brand. All right, man. We just messing around today. Uh, shout out to you. Let's see if we survive. The BBC, the British Broadcasting Network, was not happy with me. All right? British Broadcast. I'm not happy. So we see if we'll still be here later on today. Count, count my blessings and count my lucky stars. All right. We're out of here. Enjoy the rest of your day. It's 109 outside already. So I'm hot, hot, hot. Let's leave you with the uh, the let's leave you with the most perfect butt in America. This woman has the most perfect behind in America. I feel very flattered that anyone would say that I have a perfect butt. Jean designers say Natasha Wagner's bottom is not too big, it's not too small, it's just perfect. Natasha's curves are in all the right places. The 34-year-old from Los Angeles is a size 6, has a 28-inch waist, and stands 5 feet 8 inches tall. Mile-long legs. She's thin but curvy at the same time. And her hip-to-waist ratio is perfectly proportioned. Natasha says it's not easy to stay the same size and shape. My job is to go in try on jeans and stay the same size to achieve her perfect derriere she sweats through 100 squats a day she also spends 45 minutes on the treadmill